On today's episode of the Podcast Collection, I had Jeff Timmermans on. Um, he's from Xpera. He's the Southwestern Regional Manager for Xpera um, in their Investigations Division. Great podcast, really interesting guy, lots of really interesting information with regards to surveillance, open source information. We touched on a little bit of their forensic investigation services as well. Listen to this podcast. You're going to enjoy it. Reach out to Jeff if you have any questions, and uh, thanks again. Jeff, thank you very much for being on the uh, podcast today. And for those people that don't know you, I'm just going to let everybody know it's Jeff Timmermans, and he's the Director of Investigations in Southwestern Ontario with Xpera. Uh, Jeff, thanks for being on the, the call. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. So, Jeff, um, now I understand you're heavily involved in the OIAA in uh, Southwestern Ontario. So, first and foremost, thank you for your participation in that. Um, I'm also in the OIAA on the uh, senior executive. So I like to, uh, you know, thank people for their their devotion to the insurance industry. It's uh, it's great. Yeah, I appreciate that. It's uh, I've been a uh, social director on the uh, um, London Claim Association uh, for a couple of years now. Uh, it's a great organization, as is the the entire OIAA. Yeah, you guys put on a great event, uh, and, and we'll we'll talk about investigations in a minute. But you guys put on a great event recently where you guys had that uh, the murder mystery. Yeah, that went over really well. The uh, the participation was fantastic. We got a lot of positive feedback. So yeah, it was uh, am- amazing. Kudos to my uh, yeah to my counterparts. Uh, I wasn't part of organizing that event. Uh, uh, some others on the board were, but uh, it was fantastic. Very well received and. Glad we can still do some things like that uh, virtually while all this COVID's still going on. Yeah, it sounds like uh, things are opening up, so that's good for uh, I think everybody. So I'm I'm excited about We're that. There. <laughs> Phase one, here we come. I'll be able to eat in a restaurant yep. in no time again. So Jeff, um, I understand you've got an extensive background in uh, in investigations. Kind of let's talk about that. Tell me a little bit about you. Tell me about your background. Sure. So I am in uh, in my 22nd uh, year now uh, as a licensed investigator uh, in Ontario, um, all with the same organization. We've gone through a few name changes uh, over the years with some mergers and acquisitions, yeah. um, but the uh, entire career uh, with the same organization. Uh, I am currently uh, in London. Uh, I've moved around the, the province a little bit. I started out in, uh, in the GTA and, and then moved a little bit more west uh, towards uh, my roots in southwestern Ontario. Excellent. Uh, and currently, uh, currently, I've got uh, operational oversight of uh, seven of our our branches uh, in southwestern Ontario and in northern Ontario. So uh, those include uh, Windsor, London, Kitchener, Waterloo, um, Hamilton, Niagara, uh, Sudbury, and uh, and Barrie. And you forgot. Keeps me busy. You, you forgot St. Catharines, didn't you? You're absolutely right. I did. <laughs> I was Saint just, Catherine. <laughs> I was looking at the list as you went through, and I'm like, "Man, you're a busy guy." Uh, Off the top of my head, I, I've not, I didn't, not no scripted notes in front of me. No, no, that's awesome. No, that's perfect. I just wanted Saint Catherine's people. They'll, they'll get upset if we didn't say them. Um, yeah, absolutely. So um, now you said you've been in the industry as an investigator for 22 years, all with you know Xperia and their previous names and like everybody else right everybody's gone through a name change over the years um but if you you didn't obviously start out as director of investigations you were an investigator yourself i'm assuming right 
Yeah, that's correct. Uh, I started out uh, on the road as a surveillance investigator, uh, as I said, in the, in the GTA uh, and was there for uh, a number of years. So, um, yeah, developed my career that way, um, out, uh, out chasing taillights, as they say, really learning uh, the surveillance and some other aspects of the investigation. Uh, and then over the years, um, got into, uh, you know, road supervision, we call it, as you're, you're still in the road and, and uh, managing, mentoring a, a few others uh, as you come up. And, and that's developed into the, uh, the current role uh, that I'm in now. So it uh, really uh, has some great advantages that way because obviously you've, you've been out on the road. Um, you know, you can walk the walk and talk the talk, as they say, right? It's, uh, it's a lot easier to, uh, uh, to manage operations like that when you've known firsthand uh, uh, what it takes and, and how it works out on the streets. Well, let's talk about that because I'm sure things have changed as well, right? Because, I mean, we didn't really have back in the day, I'm thinking back 22 years, although the internet was there, open source investigations has completely changed uh, in how it's done in the approach and uh, even, um, you know, driving surveillance has changed, right? How you guys set up and those kind of things as well. So um, maybe you can take me through all those kind of different iterations of that as well and kind of let people know uh, how things have changed and evolved from that standpoint. Yeah. So you, you mentioned the, uh, the open source stuff. So obviously the, uh, uh, the internet, what it's allowed us to do, um, you know, from from our uh, our offices or, or desks, uh, so to speak, is uh, has evolved considerably. You know, um, back when when I first started, uh, you know, you would literally go and and do some research uh, either at the library or, or local newspapers, or um, you know, there was uh, certain research volumes that uh, that we had in our offices, so it was a lot more, um, you know. I guess leg work and, and uh, different areas where uh, phone directories, that sort of thing, right? There was, there was different um, uh, different areas to, to dig up some of that information. Now a lot of it's at your fingertips. So um, certainly the speed at which you can find some of this stuff is, uh, has drastically changed. But um, yeah, it, uh, I, I learned from some, uh, some people that have been in the industry a lot longer than me uh, and uh, certainly um, – learn some of the, the old school ways um so that's on, on the research side and obviously the equipment as well so um you know years ago you were lugging around a, a big tape recorder that uh <laughs> you know, I, I i came in kind of as bigger cameras that that held vhs tapes were uh were being phased out um and then you know went to to handheld cameras with um mini DV tapes or, or eight, eight millimeter tapes, uh, they call them. And, and now it's moved to SD cards, smaller yeah. SD cards. And, and now we're getting into, uh, uh, hard drives and cloud storage and, and that sort of thing. So, um, and even, you know, a big part of what we do is, uh, is covert video, um, hidden cameras as uh, they're often referred to. Um, those are so small these days, you can virtually hide them in, in anything. Um, you know, it, it's, uh, you look back on, on how we used to do this, uh, before and, and you would have a, a hidden camera, um, you know, it would, it would have to be wired to the, the uh, camcorder to allow it to record onto a tape. So, uh, you know, a lot of us would either have a, a bag slung over our shoulder or some kind of fanny pack. Yeah, I was going to say duffel bag or backpacks, right? <laughs> yeah, somewhere to, to hide the camcorder uh, that was wired to your uh, 
uh, your discrete recording device. But but now it's uh, literally in, in things uh, you know, small as cell phones or key fobs or, or whatever. The Head of a pen. Amazing now. Yeah. I'm, yeah. There's I'm, you 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 uh, anything you can think of really. Yeah, um, it's incredible. You can. You can it's it's amazing, and not only the technology got smaller, it's got a lot better. So you know, it's uh, now even the the covert cameras are all uh, high definition. So the quality of the video has uh, has increased exponentially over the years as well. Yeah, I'm amazed what you guys can do with video too. Even like when you guys enhance it, I mean, um, I always tout Jeff Daw because he's the guy that I go to all the time at Xperia when I'm. You know, when I get raw footage and I need it, like, enhanced so he he's able to pop it up and make it bright where it was dark or, you know, take it out of a fisheye lens and make it squared up for me and those kind of things. I'm just amazed how advanced Xperia really is when it comes to this stuff. Yeah, and that's our... Um our forensic imaging uh, services there that uh, that Jeff does, and, and some of the technology. You're right; it's uh, uh, it's phenomenal what can be done. Uh, and, and as you've probably seen, that that can make or break a claim sometimes, where uh, you don't think you have a, the right perspective on a on a photo, or you can't make out a, a license plate, or you know, there's a few examples where we've been able to uh, to enhance some, some videos or pictures and and find some evidence that uh, that's really made a difference and determining what happened on a claim yeah no he showed me some really cool stuff and i you know i've talked to him and dealt with him on stuff as well he's a fantastic uh resource for sure so we'll we'll talk to jeff on another day i want to talk to you about your stuff so i mean i'm amazed that you guys the stuff that you guys do and are able to find in your open source um that always amazes me how quickly and how efficiently you guys get stuff done I mean, you've got to have just, it, it feels like you've got to have 30 people working one file for the the turnaround that you guys are able to produce. Um, it, it, yeah, so it, it, when it comes to that open source stuff, um, you know, where we really found success in having dedicated teams that work and breathe this stuff day in and day out, um, you know, with... with uh, with the open source and the social media platforms, that sort of thing, it, it evolves so quickly. So you really need to stay on top of that and and know which, um, you know, if we're talking social media platforms, for instance, which ones are, are relevant and how they've changed and what you can access. And so it's we've got dedicated teams in each region uh, that do uh, the social media and open source investigations. Uh, uh, it's not the only thing they do, but but uh, focus on, on those uh, for sure, and, and then they can provide, you know, also real-time assistance for our folks in the road uh, as well. When uh, when you've got to develop a lead when you're in surveillance, or, or you need to run some searches, but uh, it works hand in hand. Does um, Does it amaze you? Is sorry, I was going to say, does it amaze you as much as it does me? How many people still use social media as their open diary? <laughs> Well, I, I, yes and no. Uh, it, it it always amazes me, but I, because I've been in this industry for enough years, uh, nothing shocks me anymore, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. Um, some people continue to uh, to put their their lives out there, um, and uh, that makes our jobs easier. Let's face it: if somebody's going to tell us everything they're doing, oh, for sure. Be, uh, yeah. <laughs> that, that's great for us. But, yeah, I'm amazed. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> 
every time. I, 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 again, it's you know I shouldn't be amazed, but I feel like I'm amazed every time I get a file where there's so much open source material. But then I must say there is people that have a zero footprint in social media. I mean, and those are some of the people that I find that are in their 40s and above. I mean, social media, I think, is a younger person's platform for the most part. I mean, my mom's on Facebook, yeah, which and, is and crazy, but... Yeah, for sure. There, there's different... Uh, the, the Facebook's uh, uh, is, a, is an older uh, demographic. A lot of the, um, you know, Instagram and, and Twitter, um, those things may be a younger uh, younger demographic, but yeah, it's for some for some of the the younger folks, it's uh, it's human nature now. They just can't resist that urge to to be on social media and to post what's going on in their lives. And um, you know, I've, uh, I've got a, uh, a teenager at home, and uh, she's getting into that world, right? I, I try and steer her clear of there. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, because <laughs> it's there forever, even though you think it's not, yeah. guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about um, investigations that, you know, you've been involved in. Is there any that you can talk about without giving us some names that you think would be interesting for the people listening at home? I mean, our tips that you want to provide to some of the listeners with regards to when they're getting involved in an investigation or hiring an investigator, what would be some of the things that you would find useful that the adjuster or the lawyer or whoever is assigning the file, be it an examiner, IA, one of those people that would assist you uh, from day one, you know? Yeah, the the biggest thing I can is recommend, um, you know, we, we really kind of, moved into a, a culture now where a lot more is done by email and, and it just comes down to uh, to everybody's time, right? And, and so a lot of uh, things are, are back and forth by, by email really quickly, but um, we still love uh, people to pick up the phone and have conversations, right? The, the best way to, to plan uh, an effective investigation is, is obviously the more information you have, but, but let's talk about it. What is the, the scenario? And they're not all the same. Everything's uh, going to be different case by case. So what is exactly you're looking for? What information do you have? And, and let's come up with a, an appropriate uh, action plan, right? Um, that's, uh, that's probably my, my best piece of advice is, uh, is uh, prepare uh, properly. I, I like to say that uh, failing to plan is planning to fail. So uh, if you don't start off down the right road, uh, you're, you're not going to get to where you need to go. Agreed. Agreed. So let's let's talk about that then. So when you get an adjuster on a file, do you like to talk to them? Do you like them to just give you, um, you know, the the details how do you how do you like it personally you know when you're when yeah you're you know what? i I'd, uh i love to talk to our clients it's a great way to uh to build that rapport um and so there's there's more than just a name on the other side of the email now realistically um to, to be able to to have conversations with every person every time you know that's uh that's not going to happen uh, but it but it is still uh very beneficial uh, to uh, to have those conversations when you can and, and you, know, you you want to build that rapport, like I said, and, and trust, and and have the uh, the adjuster, or the lawyer, whoever you're working for, know who they're working for, and, and trust that they're uh, they're hiring an effective investigator. So, uh, talk about the 
multiple pronged approach when doing surveillance or when you're doing an investigation. Um, is there something that you feel is a better way to do it? Do you think, um, you know, surveillance plus open source or does, is it really just file dependent? Um, well, it, sometimes it's file dependent. Um, I, I'm a big uh, believer and supporter that there should be some open source or some social media checks. Um, and, and again, that goes back to preparing uh, for the file. Now, a lot of times when we get assignments, adjusters, lawyers, they might not have photos of the person. Um, you know, sometimes we get names and addresses uh, and sometimes not even addresses. So depending on what information you have to start with, but um, that, that doesn't necessarily mean you have to go completely in depth and, and do a, a really deep dive on social media, but um, having quick peeks for sure before you get out there uh, to see if you can develop a photograph, see if anybody's posting anything that might give you some insight on what they do day to day. That's going to help you also plan when you want to do surveillance, what times of the day, what days of the week, um, that sort of thing. So, And is um, that, does that come and, with age dependent too, right? So if they're, you know, in at the age of working as opposed to, you know, tender age or they're a teenager or, um, you know, in their early twenties, they could be off at university. Yeah, absolutely. And, and again, it also depends on, on what you're looking for. Are, are you looking for social activities? Are you looking just for somebody's mobility? Are you looking to see if they're, uh, employed? Um, you know, if, if you have somebody that's, uh, that's older, um, that you might think's retired, maybe they're still working. Uh, so it, it's you, you can't put everything in, in one box saying surveillance for older people should always be done on these days or always be done at this time, right? It's mm-hmm. uh, it's dependent on on what exactly you're you're looking for. But um, yeah, if if you're looking for social activities on a 19 year old, uh, you know you probably don't want to be out there at six in the morning. You know you might want to focus on uh, uh, evening hours and weekend hours, and, and then they're going to be um, you know obviously mindful of, of COVID, but uh, when regular social hours uh, uh, might be for, for that particular person or, or age group, depending on what they do, right? And, and are you seeing budgets changing and kind of parameters changing due to COVID? Has that really changed things for you guys? Um, n- no, budgets haven't really changed. Um, there, there have been some changes, but not not really how... Surveillance is still surveillance. You still, you know, do do the surveillance the same way, but the the preparation has changed uh, a bit, and, and what people are doing, I guess, is, has changed. Um, obviously, with lockdowns and, and restrictions, that uh, there's there's been a big change in uh, in people's daily activities. You know, what uh, um, with employment and and working from home potentially. Uh, outdoor activities so now we're we're a year and a half into this so it, uh, it's, we've gone through some some ups and downs uh, as far as being locked down and then restrictions easing and then taking a few steps back um, but but overall the uh, during this whole COVID the, the opportunity to to see people active outdoors and the amount of uh, video that we've been able to to obtain it's actually increased um, and I think of that a lot of that's attributed to um, people aren't traveling as much because surveillance in the summer uh, summer vacations uh, weren't happening uh, people aren't jumping on planes and going away for for vacation uh, and especially after the first 
it's uh, uh, the first lockdown. It's uh, thinking back now. Um, people were really just sick of it, I guess, for lack of a better term, uh, uh, restrictions at home and just want to get out and about. So we're seeing a lot more activity around the house. Um, the home renovation projects, yeah. uh, landscaping, yard work. Like it's, I often joke that, uh, you know, collectively this, we've probably seen some of the nicest yards you've ever seen because people got time on their hands and they're staying around home. Um, and you know, everybody knows the price of lumber and how short supply it is right now, right? Yeah. Uh, people are doing uh, home renovation projects like you wouldn't believe. So it's uh, there's been a lot of great opportunities um, uh, in that regard to uh, to see people uh, active outdoors. And a lot of that, I guess, would be weekends and weeknights now. And now we've got golf opened up again and tennis and those things and parks have opened up. So you're going to see people you know, that you wouldn't normally see maybe being out more active than they, they would have been in the past. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, and so you might, um, th- that makes uh, absolute sense. Um, and, and again, it goes back to uh, preparing and what do you know about the person? So if if they are currently working and it's a job that um, where they work from home, it might not be too productive doing surveillance during the day if, if they're working at home for eight hours. So you might want to focus your uh, surveillance on, on evening hours or weekend hours and, and that sort of thing. Right. So again, depending on what exactly it is uh, you're looking for. So, but it, uh, I'll, I'll preach that over and over and over is, is prepare, prepare, prepare and, and do your homework. Um, and one, you might have this in your list of questions, but certainly uh, a, a misconception I want to talk about is uh, uh, that there's an assumption out there that surveillance has become more difficult because everybody's wearing a mask. Um, and if uh, a lot of people just think that right off the bat is, yeah, there's a mask, how are you going to identify that person? Uh, but the reality is uh, it, it hasn't, uh, if you do your homework and prepare properly, it hasn't made surveillance any harder. Um, and, and again, this there's a lot of things that uh, that we do to establish somebody's identification. Um, and, and it's not only just looking at their face or having a photo. You, you want to dig up information on their, their vehicles, their home ownership, you know, on social media. You're not just looking for a picture of them. You want to see if um, you know, people that wear the same shoes all the time or the same coat or have uh, the same wristwatch or walk the same pet. It's a lot of things that you can pick up in uh, with all the other uh, information you have uh, that can all be pieces of the puzzle to to establish uh, somebody's ID. Those little nuances uh, so that people that. miss. Yeah, absolutely. So a, a trained investigator is going to look at, at all those things. They're not just going to uh, look at somebody's face. And, and then a lot of times, too, people might come out of their house or jump in their car and not wear a mask uh, sure. or not put on the, the mask until they're walking into that store or until they're walking closer to to another person. So you can take those opportunities as well to, to get um, uh, uh, visuals of their face. Uh, but there's so many more things that, that go into uh, establishing somebody's ID. Well, that's interesting. Uh, and believe it or not, uh, we have had through this whole COVID zero instances of uh identifying the wrong person oh interesting on, that's so, good on somebody wearing a mask so yeah it's uh, that we get asked that question quite often and they uh, i bet you would uh, a misconception yeah so just uh yeah just to clarify that but uh, again it goes back to uh to doing your homework and, and preparing before you get out there so so did you like being out on the road better than uh 
being a manager? What What do you you know your personal feelings? Yeah, you know what when I uh, when I started, it was before I was married and had kids, and and I loved it. Uh, it took me uh, all over the province, uh, sometimes uh, down into the U.S., uh, um, other parts of the country. So, gave me a chance to to get out and see uh, some places that maybe I ordinarily wouldn't. Um, you know, it was it was exciting, uh, and it still can be. I'll, I'll uh, my role is different now, but. Occasionally, I'll still get out there and assist and chase some taillights. It's uh, it's good to uh, stay on top of your game. Um, but uh, it was great, yeah. Being on the road uh, was was lots of fun and always uh, something different, different place, different uh, investigation. So keep you on your toes. Can you think of uh, something unusual you've had to do as an investigator that you know stands out for you in your career? Um. Well, the unusual things um probably one of um this happens often and maybe not one one particular instance i can tell you about but um you'll get into situations where you you normally wouldn't um so you have to get over that uh, the fear or the nervousness of of being uncomfortable or if uh, if you look uncomfortable somebody's going to spot you from a mile away so you might find yourself going into uh places that that normally you wouldn't like um you know or you might go to a, a venue uh, you know it's, here, here's a uh, well it's not really a secret you know i'm a big heavy metal fan i like uh, some crazy music okay uh, people might not know that about me but uh, all right you know uh as an investigator you might find yourself going into uh a dance club which i normally wouldn't you you would never catch me going in and uh and dancing in a club um but as an investigator you, you might have to do that right so uh situations like that where it's totally out of the norm uh, if you can get out of your comfort zone uh, and blend in anywhere, you're gonna you're gonna be a good investigator. Well, that's great. Um, but other yeah, other situations where uh, you know you might plan that you're gonna be out for for an eight or ten or twelve hour day, and you end up working uh, around the clock. Uh, I've had times where I've I've ended up uh, hours and hours away from home and just catching uh, you know an hour of shut eye in the back of your car because. Uh, ready to go before the person you're following is so um you know you you have to plan for the unexpected uh you never know what's going to be thrown at you have you ever had to get on a plane and go somewhere to keep surveillance i have not that's 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 one of the things uh uh, i have not um but uh several in our company have yeah i've heard um, that been been part of um coordinating some investigations where uh, where people have had to, to jump on a plane um you know I, i've one from years ago uh that i can recall is, is somebody that uh floats california so they give you uh, a little bit of time uh and usually when these happen you don't know ahead of time somebody's getting on the plane right so uh if, if you can pull it off and get somebody on the plane with them or coordinate uh figure out where they're going and coordinate to get a, a local investigator in that area uh to assist on the other plane. side you mean when it lands yeah yeah so that um that can happen um and uh you know so that was a uh, california i know we've uh we've had people go down to uh on vacation in mexico with claimants that have headed that way yeah. um uh, over to, to europe um various places um down in the u.s uh and, and uh you know driving in the u.s as well you can um 
cross that border and keep on going for, for hours and hours, obviously. So that's a challenge and interesting when you don't know <laughs> where you're going. There's been a lot of times we've uh, we've had to call clients and say, uh, you know, we, we just crossed the border in Detroit, for instance, and I don't know if they're going shopping in Michigan or if they're driving to Florida. So, so I guess their uh, guard would be down at that point too, right? When they're out of the country and think that no one's, you know. Generally. Um, and the, um, for the most part, people's guard is going to be up in, in what we refer to as their, their comfort zone. Um, and that, that's their immediate surroundings, their, their neighborhood, their, around their house, uh, their workplace, uh, places where they are day in and day out and, and spend a lot of, uh, a lot of hours. Uh, but if you can get somebody successfully out of their comfort zone with, uh, without being detected, you're going to have a lot more, uh, uh, a lot more success. And, and yeah, you're right. There's, uh, you know, we've, we've all heard stories of, uh, of somebody leaving home with, with a neck brace and getting on a plane and, and off comes the neck brace. Right. So, um, absolutely if somebody uh, thinks they're they're free and clear and they're that far away from home then um then yeah they're they're gonna um, uh, be a little bit more at uh, at ease uh, and not think they're followed yeah it sounds exciting it, it you know i'm sure there must be long hours of sitting in a car just you know in in the heater are you allowed to turn your car on while you're sitting doing surveillance or is that a giveaway <laughs> if there's a car running down the end of the street well, yeah, normally no, but um, as far as being allowed, it's uh, you know, you're allowed to do whatever you want. Sure. If you're going to be a good, if you're going to be a good investigator, um, stay in the background. Uh, no, a, a, a lot of times um, you're you're going to be in close proximity to to a person or to a residence, and um, there's some some lingo we call being tanked up, uh, which is in the back of your car, and, and uh, there'll be some kind of you know curtains fashioned in there, and, and Imagine like you're holed up in a tank, right? So nice. you have to be in there and be prepared, and and um, for for several hours potentially. And um, you know, if you're anywhere where you, somebody can can see you turn on your car, um, hear you turn on your car, you know it's going to be a dead giveaway. So uh, and, and think of seasonality too. Like it's, it's challenging in the summer uh, when it's so hot out, but uh, imagine in the winter when uh, you know if you've got a roll of cars. Um, parked on a road and they're all covered in snow and, and yours isn't you know yeah you're <laughs> the only car sitting on yeah that car. you're the only car on the street with no snow on it yeah yeah, yeah that's so interesting uh, yeah i never yeah, those things not. you don't think about right as the as the insurance person that's assigning somebody is like how how much planning like you said be prepared has to go into this so how do you deal with that yeah, do you put I, snow on your car what do you do well, um, so a, a couple of the things in, in uh, the winter, so you, you have to deal with fogging up windows too, which is always a challenge. So, uh-huh. you know, you've, you've got uh, squeegees in your car, uh, hot water bottles, uh, you know, sometimes you can, you can crack the windows, um, you know, sometimes the, uh, the weather kind of gets the best of us and, and you're in a, a downpour and you can't see anything out your windows and uh, you know, those are things sometimes we, we can't do. Uh, much about um, yeah but you try and control the things you can control right yeah no that's interesting i mean there's and again these are things that you know adjusters don't think about when they're assigning surveillance right like the you know the things that are beyond your control right weather is definitely one of them yeah and these are some things to to 
you know, have conversations uh, back to the start about uh, talking uh, to our clients, right? You you want to try and plan accordingly, and, and for the most part, uh, a lot of clients will try and focus on uh, on nice weather days. Like if if it's a, a monsoon outside, yeah, somebody's less likely to to come outside, right? Um, so again, depending on what you're looking for, if uh, if you're looking for somebody to do that outdoor maintenance, well, yeah, let's target some some nice days. Um, but there's you can be really successful in uh, uh, in winter weather when there when there's lots of snow. Um, and, and again, depending. So let's here's a scenario for you. If if you're looking for somebody's mobility, for instance, right, and and uh, uh, and you know they're going to go to work and it's pouring rain out, uh, you know, sometimes you might get an opportunity to see somebody uh, running that you normally wouldn't, right, because they're, they're trying to beat the rain. So, um, and sometimes the rain will, you know, let up or it rains a little bit here and there. Um, so it, it's uh, a case by case, right, uh, how, how the weather uh, impacts what people are going to do. Um, so that that's all part of the planning. What what do you know about the case? What are you trying to accomplish? And what's what's the best time to uh, uh, to go out there? So all all factors that are considered. Interesting. And do you think it's better to do surveillance early on or later on or a combination of both? I mean, I've heard all sorts of you know uh, things over the years, like you know we want to get it early on so we can nip this in the bud, and and then you hear other people you know say, hey, listen. You know, this claim is going to be around forever. We'll do a bit now. We'll do a bit later. And then, you know, after mediation or discovery, um, before a trial. Yeah, so that, that some of those are, um, you know, maybe more of a legal opinion if, uh, as far as after mediation or how close to trial. Um, what, what I can tell you is from, from experience and um, continuity is, is a big thing. So if, uh, if a claim... It's going to be around for a while. It has been around for a while. Uh, you maybe want to consider you know, multiple rounds of surveillance, and um, sometimes their surveillance will be two or three days, five days, seven days. Uh, sometimes you'll do a couple of days now, and you'll go do a couple of days in a month, um, a couple of days in three months. Uh, so it, the continuity is it uh, it helps you determine whether you know if you get good results uh, in the first round, for instance. Um, do you see that same sort of presentation from the person in the next round or, or was it a one-off or, you know, sometimes people might use the argument, well, you saw me on, on, on my, my good day. Right? I was just about I, to I say, is my, it on their best day? My yeah. medication uh, yeah. or, and, and that comes, that comes into play too. And you might think you're, you're at the outset, you plan for two or three days of surveillance, but if, if you, you get good activity on, on day two or day three, you know, you might want to consider going to day four or day five because that same argument, oh, you saw me on my good day or, or you weren't out there the next day when I was laying flat on the floor on my back, right? So um, to, uh, to, to to see that uh, that same presentation over a number of days to try and establish um, the, the continuity can, can be a uh, very important factor for sure. Excellent. So... Um, I'm sure one of your investigators had to have been burned over the years. Do you have a funny story about one of them being burned? <laughs> um, so to answer your question, uh, yes, uh, investigators do get burned. Yeah. Uh, if any, if any investigator 
tells you they've never been burned and they're not telling the truth. It, uh, it happens to the, to the best of the best. Um, and, and I've been burned myself too. So, um, you know, I've, uh, I'll give you a couple of examples of, of, of burns that I've had over the years. Um, you know, I, I've had one individual that, uh, that come chasing me down with a lead pipe and you know, he, uh, he caught on to surveillance and, uh, uh, he kind of cornered me in traffic sort of thing. Um, so it, it's some, some will, uh, make it very obvious like that and, and, uh, and come after you. Others might give you, uh, you know, a one finger salute type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, others might, others might speed away. So you, you can't catch up. Um, so yeah, those, uh, those things do happen. Um, like I said, it, it, uh, it does happen, but you, you try and, um, you know, the more experience you have, you try and recognize these things, uh, before they escalate. So, usually people, uh, you know, they, they might give you some second glances or they might be looking in their mirrors uh, a little more frequently than, than what they normally do. So uh, as a trained investigator, you want to try and pick up on, on some of these clues and, and not push uh, the envelope and, and not get to the point where, where you are completely burned, right? It's, there's a difference. We, we call it getting warm or getting heated up. Um, you know, that, that's when uh, there's a few signs there before. Uh, They're before making you U-turns. Burned. Yeah, so you know, if somebody takes three left, uh, three left turns in a row, right? Uh, they're they're going in a square, and doesn't sometimes that might not make sense. So um, try and recognize uh, some of these signs, uh, and then what you can do is is back off uh, and, and reassess that situation. Whether um, you might wait a couple of days to go back, um, you know, with, with uh, the size of our organization, the number of investigators we have. Uh, it allows us to easily switch out, put another investigator, put another vehicle, um, and uh, and sometimes you can carry on uh, with that investigation shortly after, and people are none the wiser. Uh, or sometimes you have to uh, uh, to give them a little bit more time. Um, and, and there's various reasons too. Some people, uh, some claimants that have had multiple claims, um, might be a little bit more. Uh, wise to the game. Um, some, depending on where it is in litigation, sometimes previous surveillance has been disclosed, so they know they've been followed, so a little bit more uh, aware of, of the potential of surveillance. Sure. Um, and these are all these are all factors. So, like if, if I if I know previous surveillance has been disclosed a week before I'm out there, you know, I'm going to approach it a little bit more cautiously. And these are factors that you're going to take into account when you're determining where to set up on surveillance, right? Perfect. Be on yeah. The street, or whether it's going to be out of their neighborhood. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's a challenge, and, and you got to be uh, can't be complacent. You got to be on your on your toes uh, at all times. And and is, do drones come into play at all? I've always wanted to know this. Um, no, not really. So, and that's a question we get asked uh, quite often as well. Um, there's there's regulations with drones um and once they're a certain size and weight uh you have to have uh, a license to operate uh, mm-hmm. these things uh instances where uh for commercial use like you have to file flight plans and there's regulations on how high you can fly them and they have to be in line of sight so there's there's misconceptions you know if, if you're watching uh movies you know, some <laughs> movies or tv like uh 
to, to think we're sitting in our office and I'm flying a drone all over the city, well, that that's not realistic, right? Yeah. Uh, we're not there yet, and, and I don't know that we'll, we'll ever get there in the, uh, the casualty surveillance world, but um, uh, sometimes, or someday maybe, who knows? Right. But uh, yeah, right right now, that, uh, it's not. So everybody not listening, you just can't hire them to do drone stuff from their office. It doesn't work. It's not allowed. <laughs> so for all those people yeah, that want to do it. Privacy is always a big uh, question as well, right? So, sure. you know, on, on surveillance, we can't, uh, you, the, the rule is kind of, um, you know, what, what's, what you can see from the general public, like from, from out on the street or out on the sidewalk, you know, we can't climb trees to peer into somebody's backyard. We can't climb over the fence. So, you know, likewise, we can't uh, fly a drone up in the sky to see into somebody's backyard that, uh, that otherwise uh, you couldn't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, these are all things that people need to know and kind of appreciate when they're, when they're thinking what they're going to get out of surveillance too, right? So Mm -hmm. to have some realistic um, thoughts with regards to surveillance and what can actually be done. I mean, you know, I I, I watch these CSI movies and or shows all the time and I'm like, uh, you know, if you could solve these crimes in an hour, the world would be a different place. And I mean, it's only 45 minutes when you throw in the commercials. It's unbelievable, right? You know, it's, but it's science yeah. fiction, mm-hmm. right? So it's not reality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, generally these things take uh, obviously a lot longer. Yeah. Well, I won't keep you much longer, Jeff, but I do have five quick questions that I'm asking everybody this year that's on, on a podcast. So I'm going to fire these off All to right. you. Uh, favorite thing to eat? Favorite thing to eat? Wow. Um, What's your favorite food? You got to have one when you're stuck in a surveillance vehicle for hours on end. Well, yeah. So, um, you know what? I really don't have a favorite. Um, So, in the last little while, probably eating a little bit too much pizza. I have Uh, a couple of kids at home and then uh, (laughs) homeschooling. And the quick go-to with with kids. Um, Yeah, probably pizza. But uh, I wouldn't recommend... uh, I wouldn't recommend doing that, uh, eating too much junk food on surveillance. There is a lot of time spent sitting in your vehicle and, and uh, um, planning to eat healthy and planning to eat foods that are going to keep you awake. Uh, yeah. you know, that, that's another factor that we take into account too. So it's, uh, it's way too easy to, uh, uh, to hit a drive through or, or something on the fly and, and get into unhealthy habits. Yeah. So, All right. So favorite book you've read? Uh, favorite book I've read. Um, you know what? I just, uh, just finished off Barack Obama's, uh, one of his biographies. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to tell you, uh, uh, another book, um, that I finished recently and, and being that I'm in this, uh, my management role now, um, I, I really enjoy, uh, reading books about management and, and, okay techniques and different styles and, and that sort of thing. Um, so there's, uh, there's an author, uh, her name is Cy Wakeman and, uh, she writes, uh, there's a few good books, but one called reality based leadership. Okay. Um, so if, uh, anybody has a chance to read that, um, a little plug uh, for I, them. I keep it, yeah. And, and you know what I, and, and there's podcasts and, uh, uh, that go along uh, that she does as well. Uh, there's a lot of great things in there and I keep a copy of that book in, uh, around and quite often uh, uh, refer to that so awesome um, you know it's 
it's not specific to investigations necessarily. It's, uh, it's more of a leadership, but that's one that uh, uh, thoroughly enjoyed and, and, and it's a go-to for me. All right, number three, favorite beverage. Alcoholic, non-alcoholic, whatever you like. What's your favorite beverage? Uh, I am a beer man. So okay. Uh, yeah. Are you a local brewery kind of... One of these microbrewery guys. You know what? I'm I, I'm I'm a boring old uh, Bud Light or Coors Light uh, right. okay. uh, beer drinker. Um, but if it's somebody else's beer, I'll drink anything. Right? I say that to my buddies <laughs> all the time. If it's uh, if it's your beer and it's cold, then I'm game. Perfect. Favorite movie number four. Uh, favorite movie uh, that um, some might laugh at this, but. Dumb and Dumber. If okay. You know my sense of humor. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a little outrageous, and I can watch that movie. It's a great uh, movie. Over and over and over again. Perfect. Now, number five, favorite place to go on vacation, COVID notwithstanding. So not, um, not to Costco. I mean, yeah, no, I'll I'll, uh, I'll give you a two-part answer if I can here on this sure. one. Um, uh, a place I've been to a few times that I absolutely love is Jamaica. Okay, uh, taking my kids there a couple of times. Been there without my kids. Where? Uh, Where in Jamaica? So um, been to uh, to Montego Bay um, and uh, in Runaway Bay. Haven't uh, been to New Girl yet, but a few different uh, uh, places that I've been to. Um, and it's, uh, Have you climbed so the Duns friendly. River Falls? I did that. Yes, yeah. my last time there was uh, actually for my younger brother's wedding, and took my kids to Duns River Falls, and, and it's fantastic. So, um, you know, it, it's a fantastic uh, country to visit. So that's somewhere that I've been a few times, and I would go back. Um, I uh, a little bit before COVID, uh, I made a trip to Iceland just uh, with a couple of friends and a, a last-minute sort of thing, um, and. Uh, Totally amazing. So not somewhere that I would go often. If I had the chance, I would go back in a second and would recommend it to anybody to, uh, to see a, a different uh, a different part of the world. Yeah, it was beautiful there. So I've been to Iceland, but only on a stopover. But I keep telling people I've been to Iceland. I didn't get outside the airport. It was just a layover. <laughs> but I have been to Iceland. If we're if we're counted, I stopped in Iceland. And I love Jamaica. Jamaica was amazing. And I've climbed the Dun Rivers Falls. And that's why I asked. I mean, it was amazing. I also climbed the Ua Falls on our resort, which was nothing like it. But that's how they refer to it. So, (laughs) Yeah. Um, And the food there is fantastic, too. Oh, absolutely. That's a big bonus of going there as well. Absolutely. The people are wonderful, and so is the food. Now, I'm going to throw in a sixth one. Because you said you're a heavy metal guy, what's your favorite band? Uh, it is Metallica. Okay. Um, been a uh, big fan. Uh, like for, favorite uh, album, like Ride the Lightning, or um, that's one of them. Uh, Master of Puppets. Okay. You know, the, the Black Black album is probably their biggest commercial success. But yeah. Um, yeah, it was my older brother that got me into that music. Um, and uh, you know, my my musical tastes have, have evolved uh, <laughs> over the years, but uh, but still a big fan and. Uh, uh, this is, you know, some might think I'm a, a bit of a loser for uh, for this, but I, I had the chance to meet him back in 2004, and wow. I still have the pictures on my still have the pictures on my phone, and you know, it's it's one of those uh, once in a lifetime things, right? That uh, you get to do, and, and it was it was pretty neat to. Uh, to that's some, I, I got to uh, say that's pretty cool. I mean, uh, they're now known as in my. It, it, with the people I hang out with, they they call them classic rock. They don't even call them. Uh, heavy metal anymore they're just classic rock absolutely so So, yeah i like to dabble in uh, playing guitar a little bit okay so it's uh yeah it's uh, 
Very so cool. That, uh, yeah, that uh, that is the favorite band. But, um, well, those were yeah. my five good, slash good six questions. Uh, that's awesome, Jeff. I, I enjoyed getting to know you and kind of getting to talk to you about surveillance and the things you do and, and the don'ts and the, the good likes and uh, those kind of things. And I, I really appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you. And uh, thanks uh, not only for, for this chat, but the other podcasts you're doing uh, or have done. Um, you're great. Uh, great that you're, you're putting in your time. It's much appreciated. And I've listened to, uh, uh, to some other ones. So, um, yeah, it's a big thanks. Um, and and I just a couple of final comments, if I can, as well. Absolutely. Uh, just circle Circling back to, to what we talked about, um, uh, if anybody uh, has questions or they're not sure how to approach an investigation, uh, we, we love to, to chat with our clients. And not only me, that's anybody coast to coast uh, with Xperia. Um, you know, free consultations, absolutely. We're, we're happy to, to give advice, to, to plan strategies, how to go about uh, an investigation. Um, and if anybody's not sure of of where we are, you know, we, we truly are the only national uh, coast to coast provider with, with offices, uh, from, from east to west and, um, some areas that, um, clients, uh, may not be as familiar with, with where we have local boots on the ground, you know, across Northern Ontario, uh, out in the, uh, out in the Maritimes, um, Quebec is growing. So, you know, we, we have, uh, um, bodies everywhere and that uh, gives us a distinct advantage in um you know to, to have the local knowledge uh, like i said boots on the ground in, in all these regions but uh quickly allows us to to coordinate um investigations from from one region to the next right if you you have a claim that originated in ontario and the person's moved to bc you know it's, it's easy to to flip that out to uh to another regional office out there so um yeah just wanted to to get that out there remind people uh, uh where we are and uh, and encourage them to to absolutely reach out if they have any questions or or want to talk through an investigation they're not sure how to approach well we'll definitely put your information in the tagline for the podcast itself jeff but for people it's just expera.ca right to reach you absolutely yep that uh, that's the website um and uh, we also have uh uh, investigations uh, at expera.ca uh, and that will get uh, broadcast to uh, to all our, our regional uh, managers and directors and, and um, questions or assignments will get filtered out to the appropriate office so a few ways that, uh, that people can reach out. And it's basically 24-7 too right? You got it 24-7-365 so that's um, yeah the, Perfect. Investigations world, uh, that, that's what you need to be prepared for. Uh, yeah. And a lot of what we do is on, on short notice too, right? So we, we often get calls and say, hey, can you, can you get somebody out there, uh, you know, within the next hour? Or, uh, you know, I had uh, one, two weeks ago that, uh, you know, 20 minutes notice. And, and uh, wow. sometimes they work out like that. You're able to uh, to deploy somebody uh, quickly. So the, um, you know, the amount of people we have and the resources that allows us to, uh, to be able to do that as well, right? So sometimes things come up, it's urgent, and, and you, you have to jump. So it's, uh, that's the nature of the business. And you got holidays and long weekends too, right, where you guys end up having to work as well. Uh, so no such thing and no such thing. You know. <laughs> um, yeah, no, obviously people uh, are still entitled to, uh, to their vacation time as far as in employees, but, uh, but holidays, weekends, that sort of thing, that that's prime surveillance time. Yeah. because That's when, uh, you know, if, if, uh, if you want to see people out and about and active, uh, that's, 
those are the times you want to hit, right? Um, yeah, for sure. You think of, you know, aside from COVID, you think of the May 2-4, which just passed, uh, Canada Day is, uh, is coming up. Uh, Labor Day is probably uh, one of our busiest weekends uh, out of the whole year, and, and that's kind of the, the wrap-up to the summer type of thing. So, um, yeah, so it's, uh, the weekends and, uh, and holidays and all that sort of stuff is uh, it's prime time for us perfect well again thank you very much for being on the podcast jeff we'll like i said we'll include all your information how to reach you specifically in the tagline and uh again we uh, we appreciate you guys and the sem group of companies uh, for all your support with the oiaa great thanks very much i appreciate you uh taking the time to do this uh, it was great speaking with you yeah you as well thanks <laughs>